Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, hello. Leavers and believers. Today we're talking about divas. Welcome back to Leaving Hillsong. My name's Tanya and I'm thrilled to kick off July with a brand new topic and a brand new co-host or guest or expert or all of the above. And that's what we've got today in James. James is from Victoria here in Australia and he's got a work history longer than your arm. He's got all kinds of training and experience in mental health. And for me, a couple of weeks ago, I was reading some of Bobby Houston's posts and, you know, there's a lot of really flowery language without much substance. Then she started really talking about hearing from the angel of the Lord and on and on about all these spiritual battles and darkness and people really write that off and they just sort of dismiss her as oh that's Bobby or she's off with the fairies or that's just how she is and it just hit me suddenly maybe maybe we need to take a different look a different point of view. Brian Houston's always been pretty explicit with his uh, personality, his preferences, his ambitions and he's been quite blunt and clear and practical about that Bobby, on the other hand, you need a little extra time to read those posts and read them over a couple of times. And because mental health and mental illness and mental unwellness is just such a huge issue for people within the community, for people who've left the community and are suffering the after effects, there's just so much to this and it's really difficult to know where to start. We will be covering all kinds of different aspects of approaching mental health. We'll be looking at counselling and trauma. Grace and I will be looking at intimate partner and family violence and leaving strategies and 
all kinds of ways of accessing help, accessing better well-being, better health for everyone, because these effects are real, they have long-lasting and damaging impacts. What people have been through in organisations like this and afterwards is enormous. And there's so much to this. So we thought we'd start at the top, jump right on into the pool with the former leaders of Hillsong, Brian and Bobby Houston. Now, of course, listen up, please. I'm social work trained. James has qualifications going out the door. But this is not a replacement for any medical advice or a serious psychological diagnosis. And I said, can't we just make this kind of like a handover at the hospital or something? So maybe if you could just pretend that you're in the lunchroom with us. We're chatting about a couple of a couple of outpatients who uh, keep posting stuff on social media that I really think are their case notes. Grab a coffee and welcome to the first episode of Case Note, A Glibness and Superficiality. For many years, people have looked at the stuff that comes out of the Houston's mouths and, I mean, some people take it as gospel, other people have made fun of it and have said all kinds of things about it. And I, I think since the, the resignation and since Brian and Bobby have left, they've become even more prolific on social media uh, sharing their feelings. And Bobby writes very long paragraphs about things. And it occurred to me recently, what if, you know, people are always saying things like, oh, what's this garbage she's writing? And she just rambles on. And it occurred to me, look, what if she's not being a ditz? Like, what if she is actually as unwell as she has mentioned being. There have been times when she's talked about her anxiety, she's talked about having to rest with a warring mind. And, yeah, it hit me that maybe everybody's rolling their eyes when they should be offering an intervention. So I had a few conversations with a friend of mine who is a mental health practitioner of over 20 years from Victoria. I won't give you much more detail than that in order to protect his career at this point. But, you know, I've asked him to come and join us today to just go over some of the mental health concerns that are arising from these continued posts. It's a big hello to James in Victoria. Thank you so much for joining us here at Leaving Hillsong. Hi, Tanya. <clears throat> nice to catch up with you today. Oh, thank you. Is there anything more I should add about your experience and qualifications? Um, yeah, well, look, I suppose like other people, spent way too much time at university. I currently work in public mental health care. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked across a number of fields or scopes of practice. These days I work fundamentally in the, the crisis area, yeah, psychiatric crisis. And um, hopefully we'll be doing it for a little bit longer as well. Wonderful. You are a very, very, very valuable resource in our country. There's not enough of you around now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, really. So, I I mean, I was thinking, could we, we kick off? We've started to talk about what kind of language these people use and the things they're trying to express and 
you were saying a bit earlier, you're not actually seeing any clear mental illness initially with what you're looking at, yeah? Yeah, look, I, I have more questions than answers. But, you know, when we talk about the major mental illnesses, we're talking about a select group of conditions that are classified as medical conditions that yeah. are characterised by significant disturbance in a person's mood, thought, memory somewhat, and perception. Okay. So, the you know, the major mental illnesses are generally typified. They're, they're very distressing for individuals and probably for those that witness it as well, yeah. you know, whereby people are experiencing delusions, you know, firmly held fixed false beliefs, which can be quite troubling or bizarre, and perceptual abnormalities, you know, hallucinations, that sort of thing. So okay. someone's sense of reality and reality testing are, are very disturbed. It's not something that can just be caught like a, a germ. It's, it's not like that. But then, you know, we've got other terms which confuse the issue. Everyone's got mental health these days, but yeah. probably, you know, I mean, if we look at what mental health is, it's mental health is probably the ideal state, you know, whereby we're, we're doing reasonably well, you know, we feel kind of okay. We can, you know, navigate and negotiate life reasonably well without too much distress that, so, you know, that's mental health, a state of healthy being or well-being. Yeah. yeah. But then mental disorders is a very, very big group of conditions of which the serious mental illnesses can come into as well. So clinical psychiatry is a medical discipline and it's about the diagnosis and treatment of major mental disorders, serious mental disorders. But then if we look at psychology, that's a very, very broad field. And I've, oh, okay. And I've, yeah, it's a very, very broad field and clinical psychology is one of many specialties in psychology that works with individuals therapeutically to assist them where they have problems with maybe, you know, thinking, behaviour. You know, these are people who are presumably experts in human and animal thought and behaviour. So difficult, isn't it? Because there's no test. There's no blood test for schizophrenia. So it's all kind of, well, it's all observation-based, isn't it, this this. Very, yeah, very much so. Look, I, I know that's sort of changing as, as we move along, but yeah, it's it's still fundamentally behave, um, based or the assessment and diagnosis of such conditions is based on experienced, you know, and observed psychiatric symptoms that a person has. And the other thing that comes into it is the duration of those symptoms. Okay. So someone doesn't just suddenly have a psychotic episode because they used a a drug you know someone can get psychotic from a psychoactive substance okay. that might last for 24 or 48 hours hopefully that's all but that wouldn't constitute schizophrenia because schizophrenia is a there's a time continuum there's a, okay. a, 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 a duration for that illness and its residual symptoms yeah all right so I mean yeah there's that big range isn't there between acute schizophrenia and depression and anxiety which as you're saying is now all kind of lumped in the same mental well-being concern basket yeah yeah, yeah. i mean the illnesses as such are treatable medically what's the difference between say a, a, 
a mental illness. I mean, you're talking about hallucinations and, and, you know, delusions and those kinds of things. What's the difference between that and a, like a personality disorder, which is, yeah, okay. you know how people are always throwing that kind of, that word narcissism around and yeah, yeah. Yeah. how do you kind of tell the difference? Well, look, really, diagnosis of personality disorders, uh, you know, it is something that's specialised, not to be taken lightly. I mean, people are more important than just being labelled with or as a diagnosis, you know. Yeah. Probably with the, what we call personality disorders, you know, these are serious states of being, you know, where the, the, the makeup of a person, their identity, their person, their personality okay. is highly troubled, you know, and often in most cases, many of the personality disorders have their basis in significant trauma or invalidation experienced as a young person. And it's not just about not being taken to the circus when you were nine by something. <laughs> it's young people who've been subjected to horrid abuse or maybe they've had a, a parent that just has not validated them, cared for them, neglected them. I mean, you know, one example, imagine you've got the little kid who falls over in the playground, scrapes their knees, comes in crying to daddy or mummy and they're told, shut the hell up, you've got nothing to cry about okay. when really they've got grazes and bleeding and they're needing first aid and love and attention and care. But they grow up having that constant invalidation of their abnormal responses and reactions. Well, mm-hmm. there is the chance that, that that kid will go into adolescence and beyond not knowing uh, what are appropriate emotional reactions or not. Okay. Yeah, and when it's, you know, even more uh, trauma-based than that, it can be extremely damaging to who the person feels they are, how they relate to the world, sense of identity, and, you know, they can experience dissociative-like states, you know, where they don't know where they end and the environment around them begins when they're in a highly uh, emotionally dysregulated state. So that's probably one aspect of personality disorders Mm. the ones that can be very damaging to other people though you know the sociopathic type the antisocial the narcissistic type if we're relatively functional ourselves and we have you know a sense of empathy and Mm -hmm. altruism and you know those kind of good qualities to meet or associate or be hurt by people who have no regard, no conscience, no no capacity for empathy at all. That's That messes with our, you know, sense of, well, you know, the world's predominantly good and most people are good and people are more good than bad, you know, these kind of mm-hmm. concepts. That's That empathy stuff, that's more like a personality disorder trait? Is that right? Yeah, well, look, if I, if I get a bit sort of technical about it, there's a, you know, the, I suppose the Bible of classification of mental disorders the dsm diagnostic and statistical manual published by the american psychiatric association we're up to version five the personality disorders are they tend to be lumped into three different groups or clusters the first type of the the odder eccentric type the the second type the b cluster they're the you know thought to be sort of more dramatic and erratic and the third type of the anxious and fearful type so that middle group the Cluster B ones are where we get histrionic, narcissistic, borderline, and antisocial. Okay. And 
Yeah. I think it's important to understand that we're not just talking about a few traits. You know, we've all got our kind of good and our more <laughs> maladaptive traits, mm-hmm. but we're talking about how much, how severe, how much impact it has upon a person's functioning in life, their existence, their experience, how much disturbance it causes and how enduring and pervasive it is. That's, okay. Okay. yeah, that's when it becomes more a disorder than just, you know, <laughs> someone well, I mean, might call yeah. me a narcissistic, but it doesn't, doesn't mean that I want to actually hurt people and I, right. you know, I think I'm more entitled than anyone else, you know. Yeah. I mean, historically we're told that mental illnesses are overall treatable to some extent with medication and that kind of thing. They can be episodic. People have episodes and then maybe never another one again or all yeah, of the spectrum, yeah. but personality disorders are, are there to stay is that look yeah I suppose some of them are probably more if we're talking personality disorders there are some that are more therapeutically treatable than others and then it's a silly name you know but borderline personality disorders yeah you know when a person generally experiences marked dysregulation in their emotions often has a trauma-based history if the person's kind of receptive or insightful to the fact that this is their experience and they want to participate in you know good psychological therapy the appropriate type and do it for quite a period of time they can make they certainly can make gains they can things can change when we think of personality like my personality is who I am how do you split the person from the personality And I think sometimes when we think that, oh, well, it's just part of their personality, there's no hope, that's probably a wrong message. But then for the person who's maybe <laughs> the, the real psychopath, mm-hmm. the antisocial personality, and especially the narcissistic personality, there's no acceptance that, you know, that person has the problem, that the problem lies with them. Of course, yeah. It's everyone else. Everyone else has the problem. Everyone else is inferior to them. So if you've got someone in that state, they'll, they won't accept help. They won't want help to change. Everyone else is basically crap or their servant or, you know what I mean? So sometimes you run the risk, don't you, of equipping dangerous personalities like that with more skills to... to... Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think look, just the takeaway for anyone who's, uh, anyone who's in close proximity to someone with these kind of disorders, <laughs> it's important to... Look after yourself. Don't get even. Don't try and get revenge. Don't try and make them see a point. Don't try and prove a point. You look after yourself. You protect yourself. You have the good life. I mean, again, you know, you're not sitting here making legal diagnoses or I wonder how these personalities have progressed in that that hothouse that these people mm you know, who hold these exclusive, powerful positions get to occupy. They get to be treated as if they are superior and as if they are, you know, self-appointed or not, it, it seems to grow, doesn't it, snowball to where they are being told they're apostles, they're better than everybody else, they're superior. So mm. don't know what you've seen, but since, like I said, since the Houstons have, have left, they just haven't wasted a day in telling everybody how fantastic they are right they've sent themselves over to Europe Brian and Bobby have been traveling they've been traveling around and then a couple of weeks ago they've turned up in Italy and 
you know, Brian made a, a post about Tuscany and he shows the sort of valleys and these these beautiful valleys and he and he starts quoting Psalm 23 and you know he's almost kind of likening himself to David which he has a couple of times and then sort of jumps over onto Twitter at some point and says it is not an enemy who taunts me I could bear that it is not my foes who so arrogantly insult me I could have hidden from them Instead, it is you, my equal, my companion and close friend. What good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together to the house of the Lord. And it's that kind of vague, attention-seeking kind of tweet stuff that you'd get from a, an adolescent girl in, from what I see. I mean, what do you, what do you make of uh, that kind of stuff? Well, personally, I find it highly selfish, you know. I mean, you know, we've... <laughs> had the opportunity once in our lives, you know, to be able to have a few days skimming across the northern end of Italy and it was absolutely wonderful. And yeah. I just can't reckon I can't reconcile being in Italy or, you know, certainly in the Tuscan hills with being a a suffering, exiled young David, King David. It's yeah. just I find it repulsive, quite frankly. <laughs> he's playing the he's playing the victim card. You know, while they're whining and dining around the world, I mean, it's just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't it, compute. It's incredible. And then tweeted like a week ago saying, "Praying, planning, dreaming, scheming, scheming, <laughs> righteous scheming." I mean, is that is that some kind? Of, I mean, what? what do, I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Oh, what? Look, they created their own world they've created this sphere this bubble you know which a whole lot of people are incorporated into and this world they've created they have their own language yeah they have their own ideologies and they can speak this it's rubbish and gobbledygook but they act like i don't know carving 10 commandments into stone or something as if it's (laughs) i mean as we were talking about earlier i wonder if if you are put in isolation and then put on a pedestal and surrounded by yes people, whether yeah. narcissism necessarily starts forming, I mean, what else could happen to you? I mean, particularly yeah. because they've got that kind of we're sent from God authority as well. So it's not just Beatlemania, like it's infinite, really. It's, it's hey. worse. It's worse than celebrities, isn't it? Because there's the, the whole cult structure and behavior that goes with this now i mean if you look at brian going back many many years ago yeah he just seemed like a bit of a dag i think that's his Um, you know what i mean like i'm just a bumbling guy yeah yeah and and it makes it makes i suppose you know my field it does make me wonder you know we can't psychoanalyze and diagnose by remote we're just looking at a a few tweets or something but it makes me wonder, do some of these personality, these more malevolent personality traits, are they latent in certain people? And then when they get the right mm-hmm. audience, power base, uh, adulation, their own empire, where does that go? He was brought up in well, it and, I mean, and we know by, by who, don't we? We know who he was brought up by. So well, there are questions raised here. Yeah. I mean, the the personality profile from my research from what I read the cult leader the pedophile 
the narcissist, it's it's one and the same. Mm-hmm. You know, and that would be quite a malignant narcissism, hey, because there is this yeah. guy that likes to look in the mirror and then there's the person that enjoys humiliating, exploiting other people. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen more enough, more than enough evidence that that, that takes place too. There's I think probably a, mi- a misconception of though the person with narcissism or, or certainly the narcissistic personality disorder that, and that is that they love themselves you know we know in Greek mythology where it okay. comes from from narcissists but you know who fell in love with his own image but you know for the person with a narcissistic personality disorder they have a strong sense of entitlement and they think mm-hmm. that others owe them and that they're inferior to them, but they actually have a very fragile sense of self. Okay. So yeah. when they're threatened or if they perceive, you know, threat or invalidation, then you can get some pretty dramatic behaviours. When they're sent into a crisis, it's called the narcissistic injury. And, you know, their actual vulnerability can really come out. Then you really start seeing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Some colourful behaviour. You know, their risks for doing dramatic things or self-harm or harm to others can really increase. And we've seen it with some of these heinous crimes, you know, the the abuser, narcissistic abuser, husband, father, who, you know, if the the partner, the victim, survives and escapes and takes the kids and then, you know, these monsters come after them. If yeah. you can't have them, no one will, you know, no. we've seen the consequences. Mm. I mean, so um, these but- are these are very real and, I mean, they've got very real effects on people, these traits and disorders. This isn't just something yeah. people are banding around on Instagram, hey, about narcissism. Yeah, words yeah. Like that. That's it's damaging for other people, very damaging. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people are maybe trapped in that system and then there are others that get out and they're, they're kind of shell-shocked thereafter. You can see it when you watch the Royal Commission footage on YouTube of of Brian in the witness box and he seems to range, well, the facial expressions anyway, from, you know, almost quite arrogant to almost quite frightened. So it's that full range Mm -hmm. of terror to arrogance. Yeah, yeah, which maybe sort of maybe you get some glimpses into I'm not diagnosing it just for the record, but you get some glimpses into the the fragility yeah, yeah. that's really there. You know, the, the the narcissist doesn't have it all together, really, although they try and yeah. portray and convey that image and others think that of them. And quite thin-skinned, hey? Yeah, yeah, that's all right. exactly um, right. Something else that I've noticed is that Brian and Bobby post quite 
different material. Okay. And that's what stood out to me the most is that he's quite practical and straightforward and blunt and she writes and writes and writes and writes. And hers is a lot more mystical and, yeah, kind of superstitious. And and I'll, I'll give you a quick example. She says here from about a week ago, she says, somebody sent her a very personal DM of a vision he had almost three months ago, a vision that is profoundly accurate, moving and Jesus grace. I'll not share that vision in this medium, but I'm grateful for people anointed and courageously released to speak with clarity, boldness and grace. Past beeps be, and I hold many things in our heart for now, and who knows where the passage of time will take us, but our heart remains for his kingdom. So for now, be encouraged, especially if you are experiencing the brunt of spiritual natural assault, she's quoting Ephesians 6, apparently. And then she says, Back in January, the Spirit of God gently said to me, pay no attention to the taunts of the enemy. They are like the taunts of Goliath and his bandits. As damaging as the endless aggression can be to the human soul, we must remember that the living God, in brackets, the angel of the Lord, is not remotely flawed by such voices. And then she quotes the scripture, Jesus is the righteous one. Sometimes it takes days or months or years, sometimes it's even centuries. That reality may not bring you comfort in the moment that that's where we have to tuck ourselves into the palm of his hand and trust. And then there's a bit of, it distresses my heart that people still line up to stab brothers and sisters who they should be loving and caring towards, but that is the nature of darkness. As scripture says, the murder of Jesus became a proclamation of grace. You know, thy kingdom come is always a noble battle for others. She's so very different to him. She's all about this darkness and the spiritual battle and stuff. He just wants to get on back to the office from what I can say. They sound like very traditional roles. Yeah. (laughs) But what does all that mean? I mean, if I'm walking down the street, you know, and I'm sorry to say it, but that's how our culture works. If she was sitting homeless in the park saying that stuff. Somebody calling for a cat team assessment, I think. Well, I mean, to what extent do people, I mean, yeah, what's a religious ideation that's a, you know, a, a hallucination of an illness or something and, and what's God? I mean, that's all very subjective, but, mm, you know, mm. this, is, this kind of stuff made me think maybe she's actually not well. She's hearing voices. She's having visions. Like, what does that mean? Look, there's, you know, there's some other, other things at play here. I think we were saying earlier, you know, the difference between madness and eccentricity. <laughs> it's, it's wealth, yeah. wealth, you yeah. know. <laughs> you know, the other things as well in terms of what's considered a delusion, a delusion, you know, delusion by definition being a, a fixed false belief, firmly held and contrary to a, the individual's say, societal mm-hmm. or cultural or even probably even religious norms, you know, and within religion, broader religion, there's either, you know, orthodoxy or unorthodoxy, you know, within a certain church or a certain denomination, you know, they have their their own orthodoxies in terms of what is considered accepted, acceptable, what what is their dogma and doctrine and all that sort of stuff but then imagine you've got someone in that church who is quite unwell mentally and they're having very false religious beliefs that are completely inconsistent then people might start to think "Mm, that's actually quite delusional 
And, you know, psychiatry in its practice is hopefully <laughs> trying to make sure that if someone's expressing some concerning religious ideas, uh, well, is this consistent with their church or their religious beliefs or is it just them and it's a part of mental illness? Okay, so Hillsong, for example. Hillsong is interesting in that it's, uh, I mean, I, I don't have any problem calling it a cult, you know. We, you know, I've heard people say, oh, no, it's not a cult, it's just cult-like. And what's the saying, you know, if, if it quacks, if it's whatever, you know. It, yeah, it quacks like a duck, all that stuff. It's a, it's a duck. And oh, that's where, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's where I tend to put Hillsong. It has, it is a cult. If it wasn't always, it certainly became one and it is one now. So within cults, they have their own nomenclature. They have their own, you know, once upon a time we could have called it Christianese, you know, the language that Christians speak, but they've taken it to another level. They've got this sort of Hillsongese speak. And yeah. when Brian, Brian and Bobby, or especially Bobby, do her tweets, you, you, see, uh, you see that sort of stuff come out. It seems to make sense to these blindly following minions i mean the comments are full of people saying amen amen look five days ago bobby's you know day hashtag 101 i think that's since she was summarily removed still alive despite the shabby attempt of media yesterday to stab and crush again i think that's right after the daily mail released and crikey, mm, the video mm. of the meeting that she was in uh, where Brian was disciplined. Daggers me that this particular media outlet think they know what was happening in my heart. You, Yes, you observed my distress, but sadly all your assumptions were so incorrect. I mean, and she goes, you know, tabloids are not known for their accuracy or decency towards fellow human beings. And then later on, after she says truth is, you know, we don't actually read the news, we just know all about it. That aside, the Spirit of God told me in January that tabloid media are just the taunts of the enemy like Goliath's cohort army. So it's again this, you know, this comparison to to being David, but I did not know that the Spirit of God talked about tabloid media. What does this mean? What is this woman on about? (laughs) A million-dollar question, yeah. Yeah. It's a... a, it's kind of a spiritualizing of one's consequences of their own actions, isn't it, really? She's playing the victim. But where we are today and what's happened with them and royal commissions and everything else, I mean, they, these are consequences of actions that have happened long ago. You know, maybe there's uh, something in the Bible that they want to ignore, and that is you'll reap what you sow so well, what was the other one if well, you, yeah, I mean, if you're going to suffer it should it shouldn't be for meddling and causing problems that's just getting what you what you deserve sort of thing I mean how do we know if what's deliberate manipulation and what's her hearing voices I mean that's another part again mm, mm. Just, I suppose uh, you know that would to really determine that it would mean Assessing someone face to face, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Are they are they hallucinated? Are they experiencing hallucinations, auditory hallucinations, or whatever kind? 
Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Oh, you know what? We hear from God. We heard the voice of the Lord. We heard yeah. the Spirit of the Lord. But, you know, why is one person hearing one thing from the Spirit of the Lord and someone else hearing something completely well, contrary? It's uh... <laughs> My first placement for social work was a mental health placement, and that's what you do oh, yeah. with the first years is you go and, you know, my supervisor would send me to go and just sit for half an hour while a patient in psychosis was just rambling about God and Satan's at the end of my bed and all that kind of stuff. And they were in an acute inpatient ward. It's that really common garden variety chat about general religious kind of experiences. It's, I know there's no answers. It's, it's just. But then, the, you know, the other thing too, Tanya, with, with people who are experiencing acute, you know, florid psychosis, are they able to function in life, you know, or are they, yeah. uh, pe- you know, a lot of people, you know, who I work with who are in that, that phase, in that stage, in that acute phase, they're not very functional, you know. They can't sort of string a lot of thoughts together necessarily. They can't coordinate their actions or solve complex problems, even simple problems. You do get other people, though, that have different kind of conditions, you know, the delusional disorders or some of the other personality disorders that are lesser seen where, mm-hmm. you know, there's people who have very false fixed beliefs, delusional sort of beliefs which are firmly held, but they... They function well, you know, they they work, yeah. they yeah. pay off their home loans. I mean, I'm just I'm thinking about a next door neighbor I had once who had worked full time as a flight attendant and then, you know, one night sat me down to tell me how she was Jim Morrison's daughter from the doors and mm. I might have met this person. I <laughs> then I've got to tell you, I'll admit my bias. She has me here where uh, a couple of days ago, Bobby Houston is now comparing herself to Anne Frank. I mean, okay. I mean, at what point is this deliberate? Has it all been one big act of like a bubbly, ditzy wife who's not well and has anxiety or is she deliberately marketing again and again and again these kind of middle-class celebrities or, or, you know, something like that. So, I mean, she goes on and on. So I find that just quite offensive, though, really. You oh, know, it's terrific. For, her, for, no, for it's... her to compare herself to someone who didn't survive the Holocaust is um, it's, it's obscene. You know, I think that's, that's narcissistic. Seriously, I'm not saying it's a disorder, but that is, that is so narcissistic to be going down that line. It's so insensitive. It's insightless. Yeah, I mean, Anne Frank, we, we know what happened to her. And her dad was, I think her dad was the survivor who lost, what, lost Anne, lost his, mm. I think he lost his wife too, didn't he? It's malevolent to be making such claims. It's ridiculous. I mean, she doesn't do it directly. She's just written, you know, she never knew. Anne didn't know. And, you know, she was in a cruel and bleak death camp building, but God knew and saw, you know. That kind of stuff, it's just, it's beyond. Mm. And then she jumps over to describe her husband. And, I mean, every time you think they've hit peak narcissism, he was David a couple of weeks ago in, in Tuscany, but she put up a picture of Brian there and then she's gone, you know, goodness, imagine if poor Noah lived now, he would have been cancelled and crucified. 
Jesus, and and had shame poured upon him. Yet what did he actually do? He built an ark of salvation for decades in a rapidly deteriorating society. And he's remembered in scripture, just put yourself in the trauma of Noah. Did Noah ever report trauma? He found himself called and appointed. He obeyed against Mm. all odds. He built for decades and society no doubt mocked him. Saved a lot of animals and seven other people. But, but, you know, if they want to, what are they comparing the Noah story in the ark with what the Hillsong church, what an ark that supposedly saved a whole lot of people, but really seems to have snared a lot of people in a cult and damaged a whole lot of others as well. And if you, if you criticize, I mean, she's added, she's added some stuff here. So imagine listening to the cries of humanity perishing. I wonder to then wait and emerge Oh, wonder Noah sat down in his trauma for a moment. So that's the story of Noah getting drunk and just called yeah. his trauma. Yes, I love that's it. right. Wow. And who found him? So then she references the sons of Noah who found him, in other words. All right, so his sons. and the um, Can I say it? Sorry, Cass- drunk. Yeah. Woman yeah. Hotel, 2019. No, we just one, didn't have the benzo didn't have the benzo truck well, as well, did he? Or, or walk walk into the wrong or walk into the unknown woman's room. So. He didn't he didn't um he didn't have the trauma that Brian's going through. I mean and the one who exposed his nakedness was never heard of again. The two who covered up, empathized, and loved their father, well, humanity then rebuilt upon their grace and favor. So it's so extreme that people who expose Brian's, you know, well, nakedness is just reality, really, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, they will never be. Heard maybe, maybe they're trying to negotiate to have another book in the Bible, you know, the the book of I, Brian or the I, Gospel of Brian or something. <laughs> it's, it's it's such a mishmash and. You don't want to lose any sleep over it, but you kind of wonder what really goes on in in her head. Do we need therapy? Do we need an intervention? And why do they keep uh, exposing themselves to people on social media? Why do they do it? They haven't lost the need for the, their audience. Okay. Seriously, I mean, if you're a person of insight, if your empire had kind of come undone, come unstuck, but you still had... <laughs> a lot of money into your names, mm. wouldn't you just think, okay, uh, let's just go and get a nice house with some hired help on the beach in Mexico somewhere mm-hmm. and live out our days. But they can't do that. No. They cannot do that. The narcissism won't let them. They can't let go of their role, of their empire, of their audience, of their need for adulation. Why oh. not just fade off into the, the background and... You know, if you can. We... When you say that the narcissism won't let them, that's absolutely true, right? Like they can't really rest mm. with that fragility of personality that they feel is so threatened, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. Their empire, everything they've worked for, they've been kicked out. And, you know, and Bobby's position was probably even more precarious than Brian's. I mean, it was all her status, her role in the whole scheme of things was completely dependent upon him. You know, once he was gone, her days were numbered real quick, weren't mm-hmm. they? As wives are. Yeah, not something that they want to relinquish. So 
now we've got this, um, you know, trying to get the, the sympathy and support vote via the, the social media. It, I mean, it seems to be working. It certainly seems to work if you look at the comments with a lot of the, the people that read it. So then again, I think, mm. is it me? Am I the one being naive and they're the clever marketers? Or are these the ramblings of incoherent psychopaths? Or are they cleverer? I, I just don't know. Well, they're, they're, they seem fairly clever and cunning. But then, I mean, you know, look, I'm a, a goose for Twitter, I must admit. But it's, they, these are echo chambers, aren't they? You know, they've got yeah. those that are following them. They've got like this list of adoring sycophants, I'm sorry to say, who will hang on every word they say, even if it's... A, a thought disordered syntax, you know, <laughs> or something completely fictitious. Well, but... yeah, as as they've been trained to do. Or, I mean, I think there's a lot of different target markets, and definitely there's a lot of people in the comments whose English is not their first language, and they're able to target people who don't grab the nuances of language or theology or might be new. yeah yeah and, or, you com- know, or common sense <laughs> with eight billion people in the internet you know it'll, it'll resonate with with somebody it is isn't it i mean it's a it's a deep a deep mire of mm. issues here it's, it's it's complicated no clear answers straight away no no look i think you know probably the best thing that people can do if they realize they're they're in association with someone who's using, abusing, victimising, you know, maybe they're antisocial, narcissistic, sociopathic. The priority is to get away if you can, mm. to protect to protect oneself, to not think you can change them, bring them, necessarily bring them to justice from that position. It's about kind of getting to safety and protection and look, looking after oneself and having a good life. I read in a really good book, actually, it was... Um, you know, popular language. It was called The Sociopaths Next Door. Oh, Martha Spout, she's a psychology PhD, and, you know, she just offers some pretty practical tips at the end. Yeah. Look after yourself, don't get even, don't seek revenge. The only revenge is by you having a good life, the best life you can, because Ooh. they truly cannot have that. They can't have that. They don't have that, that deepness, that internal capacity you know, to think and feel deeply. You know, like there's antisocial types, mm. narcissistic types, they, there's a, a glibness and a superficiality to them. Yeah. Whereas okay. I think probably the rest of us are hopefully not like that, you know, we're, we're complicated and deep. Well, I mean, that's interesting because there's a glibness and a superficiality to that whole culture. Hey, yeah, yeah. We could, we could do this all afternoon or evening. I'd love to. <laughs> And I, I hope we will. James, don't go too far. Thank you so much for today. We'll be back. These people are writing their own case notes, so you'll yes, you'll help uh, have a look at it in, more frequently in time yeah, to come. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Thanks, Tanya. Nice awesome. to catch up. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a lot. That was a lot, a lot. That was a tidal wave of mental health information. So. It's a lot of overload, but I thought it was fantastic. I think it's important that we not just poke the Lord self-appointed, but that we analyse them and we drag them out into the sunlight and look at them 
under the microscope in the science lab and come out with some real answers. This is going to be a long and ongoing conversation about mental health. So if you have a preference, if there's something that is really important to you for us to cover, please get in touch. Let us know. All feedback welcome. Please continue to like and subscribe and share with your friends. And if you find this podcast worthwhile, valuable, helpful, useful, something, and you've got five bucks to spare, please stop by the Patreon for Leaving Hillsong or the PayPal and support us in making this content and putting it out there and uh, helping us to help people keep leaving Hillsong. Thank you as always for all your support and messages and feedback. It means the world. So stay in touch. Be well. Keep being kind to yourselves, kind to each other and getting the hell out of Hillsong and we'll talk soon. Bye. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey. It's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.